This is in fact the first ever edition of, uh, do, we, do we call ourselves Hotix Radio? Just no, to we don't. really get up the nose. No. Okay, this is the first episode of the Hotix. Who puts you in charge of this? Nobody. I just like volunteer. <laughs> like, I volunteer. How are you the one doing the intro? <laughs> well, because because I have the most recognisable intro. I've I've got a catchphrase. You don't like your catchphrases. No, but you might have a you might have an intro, but your intro isn't our intro. Well, if you wish to come up with an hour intro, I am all ears. But have you heard the Ten and Two podcast? We don't have any. <laughs> we just obviously <laughs> say that. Yeah. Well, on, on that basis, why don't you pair introduce yourselves? Because you're so fond oh. of doing it, and then we'll go around the other two. <laughs> Rick's already spoken about his favourite subject for about three minutes <laughs> himself. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm Catlin from Ten and Two, and then there is Cat. Yep. Hey guys, I'm Cat. Cat and Cat here. Ten and two podcasts. English guy. English. I'm Scottish, like through and through. One hundred percent Scottish. <laughs> Hi, I'm I'm Adrian from the Bark and Jack channel. That is more of a channel than um, um, a podcast. Rick, and, on your gold uh, man. I, I, I am I am Rick, and the other guy who's got the actual Scottish accent is Ricky. Go on then, Ricky. You've got the plan. <laughs> Tell us what we're doing today. Today we're doing a wrist check. Catelyn, what are you wearing? I am wearing the 40 millimeter Oris Aquas with the mint green dial and the gray bezel. Good choice. Cat. I am also uh, wearing the Oris today. I've got the uh, the big crown pointer date in the blue 40 millimeter version. And did the 10 and 2 podcast get a package from Oris recently? Maybe so. Okay. Maybe, Maybe so. Adrian, what trips have you been on recently? I mean, what are you wearing on your wrist? <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing um, an IWC Mark. 18, which have been lent from IWC, which is pretty, it's cool, it's interesting. And Rick, what are you wearing? I am not wearing a Panerai. I am, I am wearing, I am wearing the Hanhart Desert Pilot. Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Am I the only person that's wearing a watch that I bought myself? <laughs> that's very possibly the Are you case. all freeloaders? Is this just what's happening here? <laughs> that's exactly right. I'm the only one that's put my hand in my pocket here. <laughs> right? So, so, Ricky, what watch have you actually purchased that you're wearing today? Well, I'm propping up employees of Omega by wearing an Omega today that I purchased with my own money. So it's the <laughs> Apollo 8 Speedmaster. Nice. Yeah. With a great strap. Oh. <laughs> Just saying. So, girls, have you not been given a free ski trip uh, along with your Odyssey show? No, we're, we're, we're trying. We called them out, point blank. <laughs> um, right, right before we got this package and and a message from Oris. So we're we're working on a ski trip. I don't even know how to ski, but it's we, fine. we're gonna work on that. That was gonna be my it's next fine. question was do you know how to ski? No, no. I don't I don't even like <laughs> But you want a ski trip, okay. Catlin, want- Catlin, we talked about this. Oh, yeah, don't I say that. That is amazing. I love wearing. I love wearing eight layers of hose and freezing outside. It's so you, great. You get really hot. It's, it's not. It's not cold. You get a bit too hot. The um, the head of Oris for France, uh, the CEO of Oris for France, um, is actually a snowboard instructor. Uh, he's yeah. So when we oh, went cool. out, he was giving me some tips on how not to fall over, which is quite cool. So basically, we need you to invite us to your next Oris trip, and then that way he can teach us. That's Considering that I was on the reserve bench, I think I'm quite 
away from being able to do a plus one to these trips. <laughs> plus two, plus two, plus two. <laughs> the, the email literally said, someone can't make it next week, can you? <laughs> uh, that's how it works. But, but the lucky for some... Okay. You're still number oh, one in our go. heart. That's worth more. Well, but- thank you for tuning in to this week in Oris. <laughs> it's been an pleasure, guys. <laughs> Listen, why don't we have a wee quick chat about, I don't know, Rick and his hashtags? Is that, is that a good idea? Rick, have you been on Instagram today? Have I been on Instagram today? Eh, probably. Why, what have I done? Oh. Have you scrolled through Instagram? <laughs> I and, know what's and going on. <laughs> have, you, have you been scrolling through Instagram at all in the last five hours? Uh, probably. Why, what have I done? Have I broken it again? Anything in between all the watch shots that kind of scroll past? Does anything else kind of popped oh. up quite regularly? It, is it possible that I followed a hashtag <laughs> from our uh, Instagram account that I meant to follow from my personal at Rick TikTok account? Did you see that plug? <laughs> that that may have happened, and then mm. I may have unfollowed that tag and followed something else that you don't like, so you oh. would see it. I haven't seen that. I've just. Oh, you will. Oh, <laughs> oh you will. All right, okay. Sure, you will. <laughs> How are you seeing it? Has he, to- has he private messaged you what he's done? Has he? We DM all the time. What are you talking about? Yeah, we're always in each other's DMs. Yeah. It's a way of things. Okay. I accidentally followed a hashtag which I think is drummers of Instagram. I I am guessing that you have followed something slightly less appropriate on our Instagram Well, I knew that your fat fingers had misspelled bummers of Instagram. (laughs) All right, okay. Oh, my God. You're going to be seeing some interesting things. Wonderful. Wonderful. Right, Rick, you had a plan of attack that's completely different from our plan of attack, so you can introduce (laughs) it and we'll see how we go with it. Did anybody have a plan of attack? Well, my plan of attack was to be in charge, so that's obviously failed at the first hurdle. Uh, so the second plan of attack was to point out that we've all kind of known each other for about a year, although obviously you and Catelyn have been having pillow talk for a lot longer than that, but that's yeah. your own business and I don't want to know anything about it. So I thought we'd kind of just talk a little bit about how we got where we are, obviously maybe talk a little bit about what Hotix is about, why we've bothered if any of us can actually remember, because it's that long since we actually created it versus when when we've actually started doing some media with it. And just kind of chew the fat a bit and see where it takes us for the next 30 minutes or so. So I think we should probably, seeing as he's been at it the longest, ask Adrian first, just to give a bit of background... Two minutes, Adrian, as to how on earth you got into watch media as opposed to just into watches. Um, so, uh, how far back do we go? I started Did you fall barking, asleep? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'm drinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, about eight years ago, seven, seven or eight years ago, I started an Instagram account with a mate. His last name was Jackson. My last name's Barker. And we just named the Instagram account Barker and Jackson. And the idea was I wanted to post photographs of watches. He wanted to post photographs of men's fashion and luxury stuff. Uh, we didn't want it on our own Instagram accounts because we looked at, thought that looked a bit showy-offy. Especially as I didn't own any of these watches. I was just getting, I was just putting a shirt on and going to ADs and trying on watches and just pretending that I had a lot of money when I didn't. <laughs> and then I just I just started this Instagram account and doing that uh, we both got bored of it because we didn't really know what we were doing and we both left the account and then a couple of years later I just started it up again just posting photographs of watches and for some reason the second time round it started to get traction 
Maybe because I was starting to actually buy the watches. I don't know. Uh, and then it just it just grew. It grew to about ten thousand followers, and then um, I started a YouTube channel. Didn't do anything with it for about six months, and then I actually uploaded a video when my wife went on holiday with the kids when I was still working and I just bought a watch she didn't want to know about the watch when I kept telling her why it was so special it was a 5513 from 1985 and so I just made a video just set up a camera in right. the kitchen and some of the I didn't know how to start the video and so I thought right I just it'd just be weird if I just sat there talking so I made myself a coffee as I sat down, that just became my intro, was walking towards the camera, sitting down and drinking coffee. And that somehow just stuck. It kind of just became routine. And then um, more and more people watched it. And it just grew. It, it was really quite bizarre how quickly it grew. Do you start all of your videos by walking up, drinking a cup of coffee? I used to. Probably about the first 50 was me walking into frame oh. with a, uh -huh. a cup of coffee. And, and that was it. Um, just because it, it, it was just so awkward trying to start a video. Like, how do you... Yeah. It feels so self-indulgent when you have a camera pointing at your face and you're talking to it. It, it feels really quite bizarre. Um, and so the whole coffee thing was... It, the coffee thing started on Instagram as a bit of a kind of um, a middle finger at everyone, like the watch Anish, all these guys who are just posting photographs of their Rolexes draped across like champagne bottles and stuff like that. It's like that. I, I didn't... Um, connect with that sort of lifestyle so the coffee started on instagram as a prop to kind of show that watches can just be normal everyday items uh, for normal people and then the walking on kind of just became routine to kind of just rather than just sitting in front of the camera being awkward it just became routine this is one of these weird things um cool. just stuck yeah and then it, it, it just um snowballed it just picked up i, I don't know why um, just did. I'm not complaining because it's it's life now. <laughs> I'm just very happy with that. <laughs> and then how long ago, just for everyone that's listening, did you decide to pack up your job as a, I think you were a furniture removal specialist? And, and, the, and the installation, was. I wasn't removing. There was other guys who came before me to remove their ah, stuff. Right, okay. And then I would like put together the beds or the sofas and stuff uh -huh. like that. Yeah. Um, right, I see. <laughs> so no, I, 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 I taught um, uh, the management team of that company um, to be better managers, which, which didn't work in, in fact because they were, I won't talk about them. Um, <laughs> quite, quite early on, basically a new director joined that company um, and no, I, I started realizing that making videos, I was so much more passionate about making videos than I was teaching managers of a furniture company to be better managers. Um, and so then my direction started to uh, kind of just focus naturally on making the videos and making the content. Also, my boss at the time only worked three days a week. And so she didn't work Mondays and Fridays, which meant Mondays and Fridays were my prepping times. I'd spend all day at work <laughs> prepping for videos, doing research, taking photographs, editing photographs. I had a desk sat in, right in the corner of the office. No one could see what I was doing. Um, and I could just right. sit on Instagram all day. Just, Yeah, I was building my own thing rather than doing what I should have been doing. Um, and, and then when it came to a new director joining and his first conversation with me was around how my role is redundant in the company. I was kind of annoyed, but kind of <laughs> thought, okay, so this could be a redundancy payout. And then that could be my kick in the ass to actually do something. And then that's when I kind of started to mm -hmm. take the channel seriously was, was at that point. It was good. Cool. Yeah. I mean, Catelyn shares a similar story of hiding in the Daniel Wellington boutique, <laughs> planning a takeover of 
uh, the watch world in Tennessee. So how's about it, Catlins? <laughs> how on earth? How did you two actually meet to set up the Ten and Two channel? Um, everybody meets online, right? That's, <laughs> that's kind of the way they So they tell me. <laughs> no, we um we met on like we've been talking, we've been friends on Instagram, following each other for a while, and I think we'd sent yeah. like a couple of DMs back and forth, but nothing like major. And I don't even realize that. I don't think I realized you lived in Nashville. Cat lived oh, really? in Nashville. Okay. No, I don't think so. Um, and then um, I know that I had done a couple of episodes with you guys, the Scottish Watchers guys, on your podcast. And then, um, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I had no intention of doing this like as a regular thing. Um, and then Kat sent me a DM and was like, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast and I don't know. I guess Kat has like the better like story on how all this started. I was just, I was just drug along basically. Drug along. Oh, it's all coming out now. I was, I was just invited into this, um, you know, and it, it's been great, and I'm, I'm so grateful and so thankful for it. But Kat definitely has the, uh, the story down on, on where. Right. Well, let Kat tell the story then. Off you go. Yes. Oh, do I have two minutes here? Is that is as that long as it takes? Everybody has two minutes except for Rick. <laughs> you spotted that rule. Well, That's good. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it started a few years ago when I got into the hobby. Uh, quickly realized there wasn't a lot of women out there, and uh, those that were weren't really vocal about um, being active in the hobby. So I, I started brainstorming. I was really into a lot of YouTube channels, and I did like a mock-up video here at the house. It was terrible. I could not stand looking at myself, so I was like, scratch that. I can't do it. And I just started thinking of some other things, and I was getting into uh, the Houdinki podcast, Worn and Wound at the time. I started listening to you guys, and I uh, thought, okay, maybe this might be an avenue that I can take. The struggle was finding a co-host because there just there wasn't a lot of women. So I figured it's going to have to be you know non-local. It's going to have to be someone far away, which is okay. It can work, um, but it wasn't ideal. And then I, yeah, I met Catlin at our Nashville Watch Club meetup and started brainstorming and heard her on you guys' podcast and was like, she's great. She's phenomenal. She's outgoing. Um, has a great voice. <laughs> I like her oh accent. I like your accent. So, You're the uh, only person who thinks that. <laughs> so thank you. No, but I think we, we really did hit it off. And, and it's crazy thinking about it now that we really met one time and then right. met for coffee and we're like, okay, we're doing this. And uh, yeah, now we're like besties and ride or dies. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Aww. My man. No. Louise. <laughs> we are coming. We're going to take our first actual road trip. Off a cliff? In a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> Hopefully with a happier ending. Oh, Andy. okay, good. Glad to hear that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we started this podcast not really knowing what we were doing. Still don't really know what we're doing, but so. we're, ha- we're having a lot of fun. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a crazy road and, and we're, we're enjoying it. I mean, it's, it keeps us busy, that's for sure. Your story is with the exception of the ride or die bit, because me and Ricky actually don't go on that well, with the exception (laughs) of that bit, your story is remarkably similar to ours. Right down to the fact that we've both effectively got the same names as each other, which Mm -hmm. is also quite weird that there's two cats and two Richards involved. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is a bit odd. So, Ricky, why don't you just, for those that don't know already, give a quick recap of how we met. Well, I was actually going to give a bit more of an origin story than just that. So I got into watches three years ago, just about. 
and same as kind of Adrian was mentioning there, didn't want to clutter up my own Instagram feed with watch stuff because it's a bit odd. People appreciate cars, they appreciate music and gigs and things like that, but watches is a bit showy offy, it's seen by the public. So I started a Scottish Watches Instagram account 2017 and it kind of lay dormant very much like Adrian as well for a couple of years until I went to a Red Bar event in I think it was 2018 and then we met at a store opening or relaunch and we had a good giggle about things, we took the piss out of everybody in the room and after that I think I had a joke on Instagram that we should start a podcast because it was another podcast in Scotland but <laughs> they hadn't really done a lot and I had some ideas, I wanted to go on their podcast to tell everybody to go to Basel and SIHH and how cheap it was from the UK blah 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 and they weren't that interested about it at that time, it was very much you know it was them, their thing which was absolutely fine and then you said why don't we look at doing a small website doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be much in it, maybe one article a week, something like that. <laughs> and then it just grew arms and legs. We met up, SHH was happening, and we decided, let's record a podcast. And then we thought, there's actually more information, let's do two a week. And stupidly, we've continued to do two podcasts a week for just about... That is so stupid. I know, that was, that was not my <laughs> finest hour. But uh, that was January last year. We're now midway through February 2020. And it's been an absolute roller coaster. We've met some amazing people. First met Adrian over in Basel, which is kind of odd because we both stayed in the UK at that point in time. <laughs> Got on great. I've known Catelyn through Facebook groups for a good few years. Uh, I think one of the first conversations we had was about women collectors or women in watches and we were getting a lot of flack. One of my friends has got a lovely Daytona because she's a girl, obviously, and I'd put some <laughs> photos up saying you know, girls into watches. Mm, no, she's from no. Kirkintilloch. All oh, right, okay. There you go. Uh, and we just got chatting <laughs> from there uh, and here we are now. We've had Catelyn on the show a couple of times. Catelyn and Kat got together. Adrian moved up to be closer to us. Yeah, it's all, all kumbaya. You guys have you guys have single-handedly changed the watch world. You've organised all of what, this. We are we the are, glue. What is it we call it, Ricky? Disrupting the industry. We've disrupted the industry and the, the media world as well. So, Rick, have you got anything to add to our little origin story? No, not really. Uh, my kind of next thing was going to be, and possibly we've answered it in the whole two podcasts a week, uh, from our point of view, but the question of what do you wish you had known back then when we started doing all of this that we now know? And I think ours would have been, don't try and do two podcasts a week. No, no, I think that's <laughs> been the catalyst for actually getting ahead and doing things. Our USP was always, we're daft and we're Scottish mm -hmm. and everybody loves Scottish people and we can say and do what we like because no matter what, people look at us and go... They're just Scottish. That's the way they are. That's their heart. Exactly. We did have a big debate early on when we were coming up with the whole Scottish watches thing as to whether to look for a generic name uh, or whether to make it geographic and put Scotland uh, or Scottish in the title. And we decided to go for the Scottish element. And I think it has worked well for yeah. us. I think we've got interviews with people because their grannies were Scottish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> frankly, they're, they're, they've no idea. Whatever. They don't know who we are, uh, but their granny was Scottish, so they give us the time of day. So I think that's worked quite well. But I don't know what what would you what else would you change, uh, Ricky? Anything else you would have change? No, I don't think so. I think everything's kind of worked quite well. It's it's organically moved forward. 
everything that has happened, nothing's been planned. We had no idea at the start if it would last five episodes. And you know what they yeah. say, podcasts usually burn out very, very quickly. And that was advice I gave to, to Catelyn. Mm-hmm. You know, initial success and then it might dip and disappear. And thankfully for both ourselves and the two cats, that didn't happen. And I think the consistency was a big thing. Mm-hmm. If we had backed off, taking our foot off the throttle a little bit, maybe we wouldn't have moved forward as quick. Mm-hmm. But when there's two episodes coming out a week, people tune into that with you guys. It's one bigger episode with Adrian. It's videos every week. If you drop off the radar for a while, people forget, people move on to other places. So you do have to, to keep going with it. And I think that's been good. So I don't think there's much I would change at all. Maybe edit more of you out of each episode. But that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I suspect that you will all agree uh, on that particular point for this episode as well, frankly. But there we go. So Catelyn's... Or cats. Or actually, what I don't know that's ever been said on the Ten Two podcast as to what mm-hmm. cartoon cat. Because we call you cartoon cat for reasons. No, you do. Go, I do because I still can't tell you apart as to what your name act oh as to God. what your name actually is. Because you're not Catelyn. No, I'm Katarina. Cat- have I not said I, that? Before? I don't think. No, I you've have. never said that on the podcast before. Oh, interesting. I don't think you have. Oh. Yeah. So you're Katarina. Breaking news. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Breaking, Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> All the news, fake news. So, what what would you guys change uh, of if anything that you'd known that you I know mean, now that you didn't know when you started? I think we're yeah. I, mean, I think we we're doing pretty well now. We have a good dynamic. Um, I think we share a lot of the responsibility between the show and Instagram and and emails. But that sounds fun. <laughs> I maybe may, <laughs> maybe I uh, I don't know. Maybe I wish we I, I would have looked into. More of the editing and just like self-learning a little bit more before jumping into it because it was a struggle for a very long time. Um, I feel pretty confident now, but that's that's taking I don't know how long we've been doing this for five. Why? Six what months. problems did you find? Because your stuff's always sounded good <laughs> since day one. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I, and I, I think just maybe I figured it out, but it was just it was a slow process. I mean, I I've cut down my editing time quite a bit, but. In the beginning, I mean, I was taking like seven seven hours to edit a show, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't know. Catelyn, you, can you think of anything? I don't know, because I feel like everything... I, well, I'm Catelyn learned to turn the that. speakers off in the room. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I love how you just interrupt me so rudely, but that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I don't think that I would change anything, honestly. I think that we've learned from so much. Like, the little things that went wrong, we really learned from them Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of grew from them. The editing is amazing. I mean, same. I wish that, you know, I had taken a little bit more time to learn a few things. But it's stuff that we've learned as we've gone along. Um, I wouldn't have changed doing two episodes a week for a long time because that gave us a big, that gave us a huge push forward, you Mm -hmm. know, when we first started. And, like, it gave us enough of a push forward that we've been able to go to one episode a week and just, you know, focus more on the quality of that one episode mm-hmm. and, you know, be able to balance our work and home and podcast lives a little bit better. So, so yeah, what I wouldn't change anything. So what we're basically saying is Scottish watches, we wouldn't change anything because we're perfect. 10 and 2 wouldn't change anything because they're perfect. So Adrian, what would you have changed? Can <laughs> <And> everything... <laughs> are we swearing on this you can't swear sorry i know i I wouldn't change anything going back i do a lot of reflection i look at what um for a long time i I got kind of hooked on the whole hudinky thing for a long time i I thought because hudinky are the the biggest and the the best in in whatever formats 
we do within watch content creation creation who dinky are the top of the game and so naturally i kind of went towards what they were doing but then that in turn changed my outlook on my content uh, and luckily i kind of caught that and i've brought it back around to being the original style i, I feel like my content now is the most genuine that it's ever been the stuff at the start what I'm doing now is what I wanted to be doing at the start, but I perhaps didn't know what that would look like or how to do it, how to create it. So there's nothing that would have changed because it's all being a learning curve. It's all being experience. And if I didn't mess up at the start, then I would mess up later on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Just stick to what, what you're doing. That's, I guess that's... Yeah, and don't follow other people too closely. Exactly. Because yeah. you need to find your own yeah. groove. Exactly. <laughs> So that gives everybody who's listening, hopefully a wee potted summary in case you've not been listening to all three podcasts and YouTube channels and all the rest of it. Uh, what I thought I'd maybe do is introduce one question uh, and we will riff on that for the next few minutes until we're finished. While this podcast will not necessarily go out very quickly, so we're not going to talk about absolutely bang up to date stuff that's in the news, there is something which no doubt will still be dragging on uh, by the time this is out and edited, and that is what is happening in the watch world with respect to coronavirus and everything that's happening to the shows, everything we're mm-hmm. hearing, both in the States. Adrian's obviously got his ear to the ground still quite a lot in London. Obviously, Scotland, we all know the scene, uh, and various other channels that we've got, what we're all hearing uh, about China, about the microbrand world, about how the allegedly Swiss watch manufacturer seems to be being bizarrely impacted by the closure of Chinese factories. So what sort of stories, thoughts, impressions has everybody got at the moment? Ricky, we were with somebody today who was sharing some stories. Well, we were with two different ADs today. Well, my initial thoughts are it's going to be a lot easier to get Rolex watches because there's now a lot less going to be going out of the country to China because a lot of people who would have originally travelled across here, a lot of the tourist industry has obviously been cut straight off. And what we found or heard is that, especially here in the UK, uh, should we tell the inside baseball story of the tour operators? Uh, yes, I think Do we it. should. I, I, okay. I was contacted by an ED in London... Mm-hmm. Uh, who shared a story about Longines. So I mm-hmm. was expecting it to be a Rolex story, but this is in fact about Longines. It was an AD that doesn't have Rolex. And basically the tour operator turns up once a week with a busload of Chinese tourists. Those tourists will on average buy two to three luxury watches. In this particular AD's case, it was largely Longines. Yeah. The tour operator gets a kickback from the shop and the uh, tourists get a predetermined discount on the watches, say 10%. And what actually happens, and this, I knew that that happened. I think we all know stories of that going on. I didn't appreciate it was quite as well organised, but also I mm-hmm. didn't appreciate the next bit, which is what actually happens is a number of those Chinese tourists, in inverted commas, will buy two or three watches for a 10% discount, they will then take them back to China and sell them at the market rate that they should have bought them at in the UK while also reclaiming the VAT, which is 20%. And in the process of doing that, they in effect pay for their holiday to come across to the UK in the first place. 
And this is what Rolex in the past, when they found out about this, I happen to know, have hammered authorised dealers for doing this because it obviously changes the marketability of their watches. But obviously the smaller Swiss brands seem to be, obviously not complicit in it, but you know if they know it's happening, they're not stopping these EDs selling as many watches as they can back into China. And some of these EDs, uh, the one I was speaking to, 50% of their sales go to Chinese tourists. And that market has literally vanished in the last three weeks. So their sales yep, are overnight. down at least 50%. At a time of year where it's tricky anyway, January, February is not a great time for sales and watches. Sounds similar to um, when I did a, a, a podcast with Paul Thorpe, who was telling me about 10 years ago. When Was it 10 years ago when Greece went down? Oh, probably about... Yeah, be about that. Yeah, about that. Um, there'd be travelling reps, let's call them, who would come across um, to the UK in a similar fashion with their aid. I don't know if they worked for the ADs, but they simply had a connection to the ADs down in Greece. And because they had to meet certain sales numbers, these guys would just buy up all the stock, then come over to the UK where the market was good, and then just deal out all of these watches to uh, to the watch dealers, people like Paul Thorpe, um, to flog on. It's kind of this very organised, but it sounds quite dirty. What what was going on? Mm-hmm. And it's basically their, their their sheer desperation to keep the the Rolex title, the Rolex A dealership. Quite odd. I was going to say, what happens at Daniel Wellington these days? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, I don't find that to be very surprising. Um, I mean, realistically, it's not that much different from anybody just buying and flipping anything. You just have the fact that in eighties don't necessarily. They probably turn a blind eye realistically. Um, you know, it's basically I'll take your money and what you do with your watch afterwards is whatever you do with your watch afterwards. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's as uncommon or should be as surprising as what um, how you guys feel. But maybe it's just because I have different experiences with it. And it's nothing new. Um, this, this isn't I know a new process. Right. Right. I mean, it's smart for it's smart for any kind of business or anything like that to get, you know, some sort of it's extra marketing. It's if you can guarantee a steady flow of traffic into your store or into your area, why wouldn't you? So if you paid a tourist person, whatever, you know, three, five, 10 percent of whatever, whatever sales, you still have all this profitability of making, you know, five, six, however many extra sales a week that you wouldn't have had before. Um, I mean, I, to me, it's not very surprising. The fact that people turn around and then, you know, reclaim the VAD or, or anything else. Again, it's, it's really not a big shock to me personally, um, but I just have a little bit of a different experience with it. The massive story here is the, the China thing. And Rick, you right. had heard from somebody in the States who gets watch parts mainly across from China and the Chinese were actually asking for help back the way. Yes, uh, the Chinese and in particular the Hong Kong agents of the Chinese manufacturers were speaking to this particular brand asking if they could send face masks in the opposite direction in exchange, not as in exchange for their watch parts, but as quickly as they could send the watch parts. But the story that's obviously developing is that the Swiss manufacturing industry has been quiet for the last three weeks because of Chinese New Year, etc. And that's just gone into an extended period because China's on lockdown 
although a number of factories are now back at work. So I think it will be interesting. There's lots of rumours going around. I dare say we've all been contacted by various sources saying that, yeah, people who are making Swiss watches, you'll be seeing that some of the supply is reduced because actually they can't get the Chinese parts for finishing off their Swiss watches. And that's cases, generally speaking, that's cases and dials that are made in Thailand or Indonesia or China or Hong Kong. Uh, so at the same time as the demand is perhaps down because the 50% of the luxury brand and also this the point was that we were also being told the LVMH group because this isn't just impacting the watches on the bigger scheme of things it's impacting bags uh, all sorts of yes. other luxury jewellery yeah. items and yeah. that's really uh, kicking everybody in the teeth uh, not just uh, the watch industry so much so that somebody, I don't know if this is a news story or a rumour, that LVMH Group were actually making donations in order to try and uh, find, not find a cure, but, you know, assist in the containment of coronavirus uh, in, in order to get their business back on track because the sales... Yeah, was it a million dollars or something like that? Uh, yeah, I'd heard a rumour there'd been a million dollar donation either from the company or from... The owner of LVMH, who was briefly the world's richest man, about six weeks Which or so ago. Which is like me throwing 20 pence at somebody. <laughs> yes, probably. Uh, yeah. In order to help this. So definitely, even though this particular recording might not go out for a couple of weeks, I suspect it'll be even bigger news in two or three weeks' time, mm-hmm. especially if by the time this comes out, Basel World and Watches and Wonders uh, has been cancelled. Is there, for the folk, uh, for the cats in the States... Are you hearing much about coronavirus? Is it a, a news item every day over there? Oh, yeah, um, for sure. I, I feel like it just kind of depends. Some days it is more so than others. Um, but yeah, like I didn't even know about the thing about uh, Heathrow Airport until Kat texted me about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see it anywhere, but it's a... It's definitely interesting, and especially in, in Nashville. Like we don't have a really high Asian tourist rate in Nashville. I mean, it, it's it got there for a little while, but so I don't think you see it affect much. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally in Nashville, but um, it's it's definitely interesting. It's uh, it's a scary world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff like this is like what really stresses me out. I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, so <laughs> yeah, like. Well, and I've been like, I've kind of been selfish in thinking about it because it's like we have this trip planned for later this year. (laughs) Please let us be able to go. (laughs) Oh, man. Quarantined in Scotland. Oh, yeah. Cold. Well, but I I mean, (laughs) I do wonder what happens because so from my understanding, the the, one of the flights from um, came from San Francisco as far as what was in Heathrow and was quarantine in Heathrow. So, and you have uh, Warner Lounge Watch Fair is in San Francisco here in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a very high Asian community as well. So, I mean, you wonder about like you have Basel and Watches and Wonders and that's, you know, you guys is big thing. But for us here in the state, uh, Warner Wild Watch Fair is a really big event for us. So, I'm definitely curious to see how it'll affect that as well. Uh, all, all these global meetups are being cancelled. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if Basel World was cancelled. Yes, yeah, especially with the power of the um, the Asian market, it kind of feels like if if these guys aren't able to come over, then it's pretty much pointless because we're not buying the watches. It's them who are buying the watches. So we kind of 
oh, I don't need them there, but the industry needs them there. So it kind of makes sense to, mm-hmm. to postpone it at least. They can't postpone it because they've got a segment that everybody is working to. Of course, and they can't yeah, cancel yeah. it because yeah, of if, if they cancel it, they're dead because people will look and go, we didn't lose any sales. We saved 20 million by not going this year. Let's never go back and they will be dead yeah. in the water. But I, I think they're dead anyway. The, the amount of brands... I went on the page... Um, I've been going on the page quite a bit to try and figure out um, what I'm going to be doing there. But there's very few brands there, like big brands that are going. There's obviously, I don't know, 500 or 600 actual brands going to be there, but talking about the the big people who the press or content creators actually want to talk about, they're, they're, there's not that much going on. Quite scary mm-hmm. for them. Well, at least Brightly yeah. aren't there this year, Adrian, so they can't not let yeah. you in. Because you haven't hit 100,000 yet, so you're still blackballed. <laughs> I, I will have hit 100,000 by then, but I don't want to talk to them anyway, so. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Appearing on next week's Scottish Watches podcast, the chief executive of Brightling. <laughs> anyway, there we go. It's yours, Karen, on the show. Anyway, so do we all think, so thumbs up or thumbs down, do we think that by the time this goes out, Basel will have been cancelled? Adrian? Mm. Wait, how? Um, I don't want it to be cancelled, but I, I kind of feel it's going that way. I don't. I really don't see it I, because the organizers of Basel know that they have to do it, or they. But it's got. It's going to be the brands, though. And at the, the end of the, the day, brands will pull out surely. Brands they paid might, already, but, though. The, but overall, they will still do. I guarantee they will still do it. I'd be so surprised if they cancelled. Money's already there. Money's already spent. You might as well have the event. It's because they own the building, the, the company behind it. That if they were just hiring some exhibition center somewhere, they could pull. Or they could claim abandonment insurance, something like that, due to influences. But unless, the, like Rick said in a podcast, unless the government step in and say, no, we're telling you to close it, they won't. It would be suicide. That's a really good point about the government stepping in. Some health minister saying, look, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only way in which they could probably claim whatever insurance policy they've got or force majeure allows them not to have to pay the exhibitors back would be if the government steps in and says, we are banning gatherings of over 250 people, you know. Uh, and I dare say that Basel World and MCH Group have a close enough relationship as such a big thing in that area that they will be very closely linked to the local authorities yeah, sure. should they need the local authorities to say that for them. Uh, it would not surprise me. So, Catelyn, would want you... want to kill you... off something like yeah. that that's been going for 102 years. The government yeah, will be not wanting to do that. No, they'll, they'll take it to the absolute last minute. And they'll need to. The insurers won't let them, if they are insured, the insurers will not let them cancel six weeks ahead. It'll need to run to right to the last minute because of the amount of money that will be involved. Uh, so we shall see so what's everybody got planned other than all of these shows as we bring this to a close well I heard Adrian was going to be getting interviewed on video shortly oh legal proceedings or what you were getting interviewed on a talk show a talk show yeah when is it March we don't tell people the specific date because we don't want all your adoring fans to be screaming outside (laughs) when we're trying to record in a quiet studio environment it's deafening it does get annoying I mean, Speaking of adoring fans, do you guys run into this problem of adoring fans? Not problem. Problem is probably a terrible word to use. Are you asking if we get sent unusual things on direct messages on Instagram? The answer is no. Oh, see, I didn't even, Other I didn't than even from your mother. Like today's thing in the group chat. So bring my mom into this. Your no, mom but, loves but Ricky. Your mom loves Ricky. <laughs> She Keep loves a good bit of Ricky. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
stop, y'all. Behave. <laughs> oh my it's god. Cute, adorable. No, but like being <laughs> being out and about, like, do you ever have anybody recognize you by voice yeah, or anything but, like that? It's it's weird, but it's also a, a nice so validation as well that that things are working. Um, yeah. It's kind of rather than just seeing a number on the screen, it's quite nice to actually meet people who watch the content, which is it's quite pleasant. So where have you been called, Catelyn? You've obviously had somebody come up and recognise you or hear you speaking. Oh, really? <laughs> At my job. Yeah. And do they come in and go, we thought you worked for Daniel Wells and what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just, it's weird Like when people hear your voice and they're like, oh, you're from, are you that person from, you know, 10 and 2? And yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. I'm, do your I bosses know about what you do? Yeah, my, yeah. And it's all cool. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't talk about work sure. specifically, and I don't do anything that's like conflicting cool. to work. So, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. great. So good. Do you guys find it weird when somebody walks up to you or starts speaking to you, and because they've seen you or they've heard you speaking on a podcast for hours and hours and hours, they feel as if they know you, so they start talking about random <laughs> yeah. things, and you're like, "Who the hell are you?" Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, people kept coming up to me and asking me what what car I've got. That's, <laughs> oh. <laughs> or how I'm finding it in Scotland. It's, have you moved to Scotland yet? Have you sold your house? Like normally quite personal things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, people know so much about our lives and I forget that, <laughs> that people know these things. Like people know my kid's name and they're like, oh, how's Tyler doing? And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? But listen, it's a good thing. We're not saying oh, it's no, a bad it's, thing. It's, it's just, crazy. it's strange at the no, start it's... because if you've not done things like this before in a prior life, then it is tricky. I've, I've not had any experience like this of video and audio but I used to run a magazine so people would recognise my photo from doing like photography and all that kind of stuff back then but this is a completely different world and even when we went to the Omega boutique launch just a couple of months ago in Glasgow me and Rick got kind of spotted by voice by quite a few people and it was it was kind of interesting and strange at the same time yeah yeah it's it's flattering but it will never I don't feel like it will never not be strange yeah Mm-hmm. There's a good reason. There's a good reason why I keep hidden because I have done this before and I know what it's like. <laughs> so yeah, we have got uh, we have got a talk show that is our video series that we launched, which is compl- our video stuff is totally different from Adrian's over at Barking Jack, and I think that's one of the reasons that everything works so well because we've got we all talk about watches, we all do video, we do photos, we do sound. But we do it with our own little take on it. So we've got Adrian coming on for roughly an hour just to chat about pretty much what you mentioned here, going into more details about how you got into things and to bring a, a selection of your watches and maybe a couple of your cameras if you've got some Leicas. Loads so of Leicas. have a good chat about that. <laughs> Loads of like All the Leicas. Okay. All the Leicas. Okay. Hey, you shut up because see, when you guys come across to Scotland, you're getting the same treatment. You're getting a talk show as well. <laughs> no, 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 you are. You are. So what's coming up on the 10 and 2 podcast? Lots of things. Um, all the things. All the orises. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all the orises. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> we have a steady stream of oris watches now. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, who do we got? Uh, well, you guys just did your interview with Jenny L. We've got her coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you guys think of her, by the way? Lovely. I really really, yeah, liked really nice. Very funny. Yeah, uh, and as she went on, there was some stuff that wasn't the show. Her Scottish accent got stronger. I noticed that. I noticed stronger, that. <laughs> stronger <laughs> as she went on. So we will try and see if we can get her over here when you guys are over here in the autumn as well. 
So oh, yeah. that, that is uh, that is something we are <laughs> absolutely. So we'll we'll see we'll see if we can do that. But uh, yeah, she's doing really well. Uh, the quality of the video is really good that she's doing it, as is the stuff that her husband does uh, on the German Watch Face uh, channel. It's also really high quality. How did you guys get on with her? Great. Her. She yeah, yeah, she's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So that episode will come out here in a couple, I think in a couple of weeks, right? I think so. Good. Yeah. And you guys have got another famous YouTuber in the watch sphere as well coming up soon. Yeah. Good old yeah. Teddy B. Oh, cool. <laughs> Is that his, his <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just said that. I don't know why. <laughs> have you actually have yeah, you interviewed him yet? No, no, no yet. we interview him in a couple of weeks. Cool. So, yeah, that, and then we have uh we. I guess we have this thing about hosting uh, watch brands in Nashville. So we mm-hmm. have a couple of brands that are are going to be coming down. Um, so we'll be doing interviews and watch meetups and all that. Um. Because we didn't have enough going on, we've also kind of <laughs> helped take over the National Watch Club, so yes. it, which is great because we're able to tie everything in, and it gives a lot of these like smaller brands more exposure too. So, um, yeah, all the things coming up. We are going to start kind of doing video reviews. We're we're figuring this out still. Maybe, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Good stuff. Good. But we'll see how that goes. And Adrian, you've obviously got a big IWC event on the way. Oh no, I've I've just borrowed a watch. <laughs> and, 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 and I know right, okay. I know some of the guys who work there now, so um, I, I kind of have access to to all their bits and pieces, which is fun. Oh nice. Um, gonna be borrowing a Vacheron, which will be pretty cool. Got chatty with um their guys last week, uh, week before. Uh, so yeah, got got some fun watches coming. I think that the big uh, focus is just get out and about, travel do fun shit fun stuff you're enjoying the the whole countryside thing loving as well it now, and the videos are really looking good i love how country you are well that's and <laughs> i only so became great. city when I, I moved to london before that i lived in like the arse end of norfolk and cambridgeshire so it's the countryside's my habitat let's say um mm-hmm. so yeah not very good at jumping over oh rivers, though, are you? my god no not at all how many pairs of they were you new really as have? well <laughs> <laughs> of course they were. <laughs> that's how that's how you know your city is when you wear new boots. <laughs> well, I thought it I thought it looked relatively dry. I thought where I was walking was gonna be alright. I actually had some pretty hefty boots in the car, which I should have put on. Um but yeah, that's And you never even made it over the ridge. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I liked the part of the video where you said, "Oh, I'm just going to climb up that little bit there." And an hour later, you're like, "Yeah, that little bit there was about ten miles." It's going. <laughs> yeah, I, like yeah. I forget how unfit I'm. The, the the little river that I tried to jump across <laughs> literally was a stream. Like it, I could have, if I didn't have tight jeans on, I could have just strided across the stream. It was. All right, this is another way that you're super sitting. <laughs> that you're talking about your climbing mountains from jumping over the river. You're going to be one of these guys that's rescued by Air Sea Rescue <laughs> from Ben Nevis. Flip flops, trying to climb <laughs> Ben Nevis. <laughs> Come the oh summer. Oh my god! Oh, that bad. But you know, just 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 oh, find out this stuff. Right. That's my plan. We'll have to find out whose jeans are tight. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the tightest jeans and hottest? Oh man. I am not entering that competition. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
But uh, I think me and Adrian, because you obviously stay quite, well, we both stay pretty much Glasgow, so we're going to try and catch up and do some more bits and pieces because we found when we went across to GLC that two heads are far better than one. You get a lot more done. So you had mentioned, and I think it was a Q&A, about the creative process when you were down in London. It was a lot more, I don't know, inclusive. So we're going to try and get our heads together at least every couple of weeks and see if we can push things forward. Yeah, well. I, I bounce off other people's energy and other people's... Um, I like being around people who do stuff. Uh, and I, I, I think it's, it's probably more the fact that I'm, I now have a home office and I work at home as opposed to living in a two-bed tiny flat in central London. It, it was just easier to go to coffee shops. And naturally, when you're in a cof- coffee shop during the daytime, other people are doing stuff as well. So I'd, I'd, I think I need to bounce off you guys more to... Um, I don't know, just create no, Same idea yeah. here. I've got I've got a home office and it's dealing with clients on the phone instead of in person, so it's good to get out and mix with more creative yeah. people. Rick, are we going to mention what you've been organising or is that still kind of up in the air and not worth mentioning on a podcast? Uh, it depends what we're talking about. Are we talking about our secret plan to take over the world? Yes, that one. Yes, we have a secret plan to take over the world. All will be revealed shortly. <laughs> yes, they're, 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 we, I suspect by the time this goes out, it will be public knowledge, but I'm still uh-huh. not going to risk it just in case it's not. But we have okay. a four-part, hopefully, mini-series. It's not 100% in the bag, but uh, there will be a four-part mini-series coming to the podcast, which will be in cooperation with somebody else in the wide world of watch media. So... After recording this first ever episode of the Hotix podcast, Scottish watches are officially dumping the pair of you and we're going off to play with somebody else. So, uh, oh, okay. so it's, uh, we're, we're, pleased to have, we're pleased to have made your acquaintance. Thank you. Good night. And thanks for all the fish. Uh, but there we go. So uh, that should be a four part mini series, sort of a his- not quite a history of watchmaking and watch collecting, but a kind of maybe more like an idiot's guide to watch collecting with two idiots and one other person who knows quite a lot about things. Uh, so we will see how that goes. But I think possibly the Idiot's Guide to Watch Collecting might that's maybe not a bad title, except for the fact we'll get our pants like sued <laughs> off by... It sounds about it, right. It, it does sound about right, actually. The Ignoramus's <laughs> Guide to Watch Collecting, that probably isn't uh, copyrighted. <laughs> But we'll see. I, I think there's a guy in Australia we can phone to find out about how copyright <laughs> and all that kind of stuff works. Uh, if anyone can get hold we of it. We nearly got a full episode without that. We nearly got it. <laughs> yeah, nearly, all the same. nearly there, nearly there. But there will there will actually be another big piece of news which will break uh, the, uh, next week. We're recording this this week, whenever that actually is. Valentine's Day week, there'll be uh, the final, not the final, but there'll be a court case happening which will feed into all of this whole copyright thing, that also Rolex, La California, Vortec, uh, Hamilton, all these guys are involved. So we will no doubt be reporting on that uh, as well soon too. So there you go. Or already have done by the time this comes out. Or already have done by the time this comes out. It's all time travel, Rick. It is. It's all all time travel. All fox capacitors and fetzer valves. It's the beginning and the end. Is it that sad, sad time yet? It is. That's... Yeah, let's do that. Is it that sad side of time? <laughs> yes, it is. So, oh. why doesn't everybody say cheerio? Cheerio. <laughs> cheerio, then. Okay, uh, you should all know where to find all of us, but go and have a look. Check out the hotix.com uh, website, and from there you can get the links. 
into the three media channels that we're all from. Thanks very much for listening and uh, have a great, great time. I'm not going to say goodbye in the usual fashion. Somebody else can do that. I think we'll go for Catelyn this episode. She can do the, the outro. Off you go. I'm supposed to do the exit? Yes. What am I supposed to say? I just say bye, y'all. That'll do. <laughs> That's all I do. Okay, bye, y'all. <laughs>